Welcome to Pop Emergency, a podcast show that goes above, over, and beyond the spectrum of pop music. A space to validate and celebrate your passion for the music and culture because at the end of the day, we are all pop nerds. This is 911. The boys of Pop Emergency meet Grammy Award winner, legendary queen of ad hoc, and main pop girl Foxness. She rose to fame when she was featured on Zed's 2012 smash hit single, Clarity. She released her debut album, Glorious, in 2014, and released the 80s-inspired banger sophomore album, All I Need, in 2016. In 2021, She announced that she is releasing her third studio album, The Kick, on February 11, 2022. We talked about her influences, her collaboration with legends, her monumental Grammy win, her first two albums, and her new music. Hi, Foxes. I'm Adrian. Hi, and I am Alan. So we are Pop Emergency. This is a podcast show uh, for pop music and pop culture. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm a big fan, actually. So I, I already know about you guys. <laughs> okay, so if if you're okay, we're gonna start now. It's gonna be like light and so much fun. Okay, so to start it off, we've been looking a lot about your influences. So who are your influences? growing up and at the moment um well so growing up it was like the biggest kind of like um a collection of music like i loved i loved a lot of pop music um i loved like ashanti Like loved Eminem, um, like all the like classic pop, like just loads of stuff. But then also loved things like Bob Dylan, um, Leonard Cohen. I mean, there's so many like Patti Smith. Joni Mitchell, like I could go on oh. forever. Yeah, it's so diverse that like you can go on from one spectrum to another. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think what really helped was like, obviously, when you're like younger, you go to school and like like everyone's obsessed with the Spice Girls, and it's like that's what you're listening to. But then I guess like when I got home, my mum would be playing like Leonard Cohen and um, Bob Dylan and Kate Bush. So I kind of like. had the soundtrack of like more like left kind of music going on and then but also fell in love with pop music um so i was obsessed with eminem i would um 
yeah, I would I would write all his lyrics down and yeah, I was um <laughs> We are too. We are big fans of music and speaking of uh, pop music, um I think you're already 10 years in the business. What it's like to be a pop star or in stan language or like gatewitter language, a main pop girl. I mean, it's weird. Like, it's funny because I don't really see myself as like a pop main girl. Like, it's so amazing that I've been in the music industry for 10 years. Like, I still am like, wow, how am I still doing this? Um, but yeah, it's mad. It's really up and down. And then to have three albums out is quite crazy because you kind of realize like you've grown up writing these records and they're all very personal. So like different things have happened within these records and you're like, you know, when you look back at like the first album, I wrote it in a bedroom. So it's like, I feel like I was like a baby. And then the second one was like a heartbreak album. So yeah, it's, 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 it's mad. Like, it's, it's like a lot's happened. It's been like a, you know, a roller coaster. Um, but Yeah, it's, I mean, it would take hours to kind of like go through things that have happened, but yeah. Yeah. And the older you get, you get to write more music from your different experiences. And I think that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think like you, you know, you kind of develop in your confidence and like what you're writing about. And like it just becomes very different in terms of like being able to talk about things that like, Are a bit more serious, which is which is really nice. Um, but also personal to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always written personal stuff, but it's like I think now it's kind of e- easier to talk about because I maybe understand it a bit more. So or, or myself a bit more, so I can talk about it a bit easier. But um, yeah, I think before it was just like I'm really angry, bleh, like sort of you know writing lyrics. It's more processing now when it comes to your. Uh, writing and how you do it. The thing about maturity is when we grow old, we get to process and we get to really select what we want to show to different people. And I think that's what yeah. you've been doing also. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think um, that's so true. It's like you kind of, yeah, you filter what you're saying, but like in the right way, which is which is quite nice, yeah. Oh, it's so nice. Okay, so the next one would be, let's take it back a little bit. So coming from your Grammy win, your best dance recording gramophone is actually one of the most competitive categories in the ceremony. It's dominated like icons and legends. We have Donna Summer, Madonna, Cher, Janet, Kylie, Brit, Lady Gaga, Rihanna, even Dua Lipa. So can you just take us back? Uh, to your first nomination and your instant win. I mean, not everybody has that. <laughs> Period. <laughs> For Best Dance Recording, the nominees are Duke Dumont featuring AME and MNEK, Calvin Harris featuring Florence Welch, Cascade, Armin Van Buren featuring Trevor Guthrie, Zed featuring Foxes. Like it was on my vision board when I was about 15 um, and just something I, you know, just never imagined happening and still don't really believe happened. Um, but there's like so many funny stories about it. Like I was so convinced we weren't going to win that I ended up in like a local diner opposite with Sam Smith and Disclosure just drinking beer and we were like, oh, it's, it's, we're not, it's fine, we're not going to get it. You know, Calvin <laughs> Harris is going to get it with Florence. 
And then um, <clears throat> I got a call from my manager and he was like, where the hell are you? They're about to like call, you know, your, your, you know, the category out. And um, so we ran back and it was just really funny because like they ended up saying, um, and the winner is, and then they said like Zed featuring foxes and I, and I just, my handbag, I threw it in the air. And the Grammy goes to Zed featuring foxes. I'm a little unprepared for this moment. We don't uh, have anything prepared. <laughs> um, I want to thank Matthew Coma, who wrote the song with me. Um, obviously, Foxes for singing this song. Um, I want to thank my family. Uh, I want to thank my team, Dave, Tim, Lee, John, Matthew Lamott, Brenda, Jimmy. I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, you... I'm chewing gum, but I took it out. Um, I just want to... I want to thank Zed so much for giving me the opportunity this year to sing on this song and to take me on this journey. It's been like a dream and I can't believe it. This is otherworldly. Um, thank you so much to all the fans that bought the record. Thank you to Matthew Coma. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Dan and David, my managers. Thank you. <laughs> and like, I remember like one of the disclosure lads had to like grab it and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And then like Zed had to sort of like carry me down the aisle because I was just like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, it was really weird. And I was chewing gum and it was all awkward and didn't know what to say. And yeah, so it's quite funny. It's so surreal, right? Winning, I think, one of the most validating moments of your life. The next one we'd like to talk about, uh, since speaking of youth, your debut single along with your first album, which is Glorious, and it's turning 10 in almost two years. Are we getting like a B-side or from the vault kind of release from your debut session? Oh, yeah. I don't know if there's been any greatest hits, but that would be fun. Like, I'm, um, I'm about to start touring again, which we lovely. And um, I'm like trying to think of the set list. And it's been really funny because I'm like, oh my God, there's so much, like, there's so many songs. And I don't know, I, like, it's really hard to know what to play. And like, there's just, you know, so many to choose. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'd love to do something like that. I'd love to like reimagine um, some of the tracks as well, like kind of, you know, kind of paint them in a different light or like, you know, especially youth, like God, that was done so long ago. Um, but yeah, that would definitely be, be really, really fun, which I think we might do. So yeah, we'll see. Really yeah, you'll wait for, for that. that. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. waiting for that. <laughs> 
here on our show, Pop Emergency, we credit you as one of the first pop stars to really push the 80s agenda in the decade of the 2010s. You know, we have the Taylor Swift of the 1989. The Carly Rae Jepsen of the Emotion. Your songs, Body Talk, amazing. It's one of my birthday songs, by the way. And then Lose My Cool, we're bangers. is was it a conscious decision to go to that route of the 80s synth oh yeah 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 uh, um i i really love 80s um synth um like chord prog- progressions and melodies so writing body talk we first came up with the like dun 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 bit like on this mad synth from somewhere I don't even know where um but like that's how we started it and then it was just an 80s kind of like you know in 2010 until such time uh, EDM and electronic music was really you know huge and I think um choosing that route did, did you consider that kind of um time where EDM is really rising and then you, you decided to Maybe I'll do something different and incorporate 80s sound with with the future release that I'm going to do during that time. funny because I remember having this meeting after Clarity happened with um, a label I was with in America um, and they were like basically we need 10 Clarities <laughs> I know and I, I won't name anyone but I was just like I honestly had to go to like the nearest pub with my manager and just like be like we both agree right that that's not the right thing to do um, so Yeah, it was really hard because I was like, I knew the kind of music I wanted to make and it might not have, and I also knew it might not have been as successful as making 12 Clarities, but I also knew that like, that would just be really fake and it would be like, just really unauthentic. So yeah, it was like a decision I had to make and I was like, it might not do as well, but 
at least it'll like I'll look back at it in the future and I'll be like oh I'm really glad that like I stuck with my guns and I and I did the music I wanted to do um so so yeah it, it was a bit of a risk but um yeah hopefully yeah I love how you value authenticity and I love how you keep it to yourself whenever uh there's decisions to make you know you know labels are kind of resistant to have hits every now and then but then again it was a conscious choice for you and i think wow that's very amazing <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't yeah it was like you have to like pick your battles um but yeah i think charity did what it did and it was incredible it'll always exist um but yeah i, I just wanted to make sure that like i could give myself the ability to like keep writing albums that felt like me um which i think has really nicely happened like i couldn't have made three albums of 10 clarities you know or edm and then kind of like carried that on so i ha i had to step out of that edm like kind of singer thing at some point <laughs> right <laughs> All right, so a couple of questions before we move forward to the new music because we're so excited. Um, lastly, we just noticed your love for collaborations. Like we have the Rudimental, Zed, Kaigo, Fallout Boy, Bastille, and being a muse of the legendary Giorgio Moroder. So the question is, how do you share your creativity with your collaborators, whether a songwriter or a producer? And who has the most input in terms of creative control oh like when you work with someone yeah god it's, it's different every time it's like it's funny i think about all the collaborations that i've done um and then some of them weren't always like in the same room it was like a lot of them were through like zoom or skype so we just go back and forth um and then like my favorite ones have always been when we're in the same room like um writing better love with like Dan. And Bastille was like, we were in the same room and he was just on piano and we were so excited um, when we were writing it. There was just like, such good energy um and we were both like really in it so i think that like when you're in the same room i think it's more kind of like i don't know it just feels like you're on the same page a bit more um but they've all been great like the giorgio Moroder song i wrote before um on piano and then <clears throat> didn't end up didn't end up using it for my for all I need and then sent it to him and he just made it into this like incredible disco you know just great song um and I was like and I didn't even like the song that much and then I was like this is great um so yeah it works in different ways I think but but usually I write the song before like with Rudimental I wrote the song before as well and then they turned it into like their rudimental kind of um sound i guess 
Were you also excited when you first listened when it's finally mixed and all? Like, it wasn't how you expected it to become? It's yeah. Not- Dan and I really wanted Better Love to be just stripped back piano. Um, but we ended up putting like a beat on it and yeah. it made it a bit dancier. Um, but it was more just like a, a like a real like sort of, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. All right. So anyway, in your statement leading up to your album announcement, you mentioned the things you experienced during the pandemic. Were you able to reclaim those narratives when you started going back to the studio? And you even invited uh, Children Choir to the recording studio. Oh, on All I Need? Yeah. Oh, how do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we did, actually. That's really funny. We did. Um, we got, like, a nursery school to come to the studio and... Um, there's like the funniest video um, and all these kids are just going money money it's like it's yeah like, money <laughs> um but was great and um really worked on the track um but yeah I think going back into the studio is weird I mean going outside is weird it's so odd from being inside you know hibernating to kind of like going back out into even like high streets again you're like a bit freaked out um but hopefully everything kind of gets back to normal yeah and so can, can we say that this pandemic also made you one of the productive artists and even releasing their masterpieces and the first three tracks that we will be talking about in a bit are already shaping up as your masterpiece was there an explosion of any creativity during the pandemic for you? Were you that inspired uh, making this album? I was like really I didn't want to do anything on Zoom because um, I like being in the same room as people um, and I was like I just don't think it will work and then and then I gave in and then I just got addicted to it and I loved it it was like something to kind of keep my mind like going and feeling like it was I felt really stimulated by it and it was like creating a little adventure in my head um and storytelling was like really uh important um yeah it was like a really I mean I'll I'll look back and just think it was kind of mad like just the whole environment like literally being in my own house like writing dance songs dancing in my kitchen it's like just weird (laughs) yeah Um, you know on my own so (laughs) it's kind of um but yeah i think it's going to be nice to go back and work with um you know uh, real human beings yeah physical i know (laughs) 
we too we've been recording also via you know zoom virtually so we haven't really seen each other in a long time and we can't wait also to record in physical together because um th- this pandemic has been very very difficult for all of us and i'm glad how you've become inspired uh during this difficult time as well so that's beautiful and yeah moving forward so there was this one thursday morning here in the philippines when you surprise dropped the song that kick-started your new era sister ray and your streak of sad pop tune continues so maybe know what's the inspiration did somebody hurt you or something in the middle of pandemic Yikes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> names though, can you? I'm just um uh... also I quite do you know what it was as well? I really I really like being I like being quite honest about like relationships. Like they're not always easy and it's like you might as well be kind of honest about the like nitty-gritty parts of what actually kind of goes on. Um so that was partly it. Um but yeah, so, so a lot was going on. Sister Ray was like a weird song because I lost a friend. So like that was kind of like I mean when you say sad pop songs, it's like um I don't always want to write songs that are too sad because it would just make everyone be like, you know, just like crying. Um and no one needed that during that time. Um So yeah, there were loads, there were there were yeah, there was a lot of heartbreak, uh, a lot of like pain and just confusion and just the world going into like total meltdown. Um So yeah, music really just helped like kind of make sense of a lot of it, I think. Truly. It was our company this time. Mm, yeah, definitely, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so right now we have Sister Ray, we have Dance Magic, and we have Sky Love. Which are amazing songs. I can see a bit of 70s influence in those songs, but we're gonna wait for the rest of the album to come out on February 11, Foxes. So with that, we thank you so much. I wish we had a lot of time to to yes. talk a lot together, but um, we hope to see you in the Philippines anytime soon after the pandemic and you'll have your tour here but any words you'd like to say to our um, on our show we call them Kapit Bahay so it's like a neighbor so what would you like to say to our Kapit Bahays on Pop Emergency? Kapit Bahay Yeah, yeah. Kapit Bahay Kapit, Kapit Bahay um, I would just like to say uh, just It, I'm just really so grateful and amazed that people are listening to the music um, and also people listening makes me keep writing which 
is, you know, especially like, you know, when you've been writing for so long, it's hard to kind of like keep going. Um, but when I hear these like incredible stories and the ways that like the songs have helped people, it's just, it's a, just a lovely way of um, like connecting with people around the world. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm just very, very thankful. I'm, yeah, grateful. Ah, thank you so much. You so Your music much. saves us and Foxes, definitely. We will rally behind you and for you all the way until the release of The Kick, which is out on February 11, 2022. Right, Alwyn? Yes, that's it. Thank you so much, Foxes. So we'll be having our listening parties as well for the album drop of your newest album. So let's see. Let's see. Once again, thank you so much. First thing with us here on Pop Emergency. We hope to see you next time, Deba, right? on our next episodes. Please don't forget yes. to follow us in our social media accounts at Pop Emergency PH on Twitter, Instagram, and please like us on Facebook on Pop Emergency. Yes, again, mga kapit bahay, maraming maraming salamat for tuning in. This has been your kapit bahay, Adrian. And this has been your kapit bahay, Alwyn, for. Pop, Pop emergency. emergency.